Hello, ladies and gentlefolk. Welcome to today's episode of Better Late Than Never, the podcast where we discuss the real stories of women and gender non-conforming individuals throughout history who have had their lives and roles in history diminished or their stories deliberately untold. Today, we'll be covering the one and only Anne Boleyn with a lovely guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Julia. I'm the lovely guest. Um, Pleasure to be here. Well, it is a pleasure to have you. So why don't we just get right into it? Mm -hmm. So, born to Sir Thomas Boleyn and Elizabeth Howard, around 1507, we don't actually know the exact date of her birth, Mm. Uh, Anne spent much of her childhood in France, before becoming one of English history's most notorious figures. All having right. Married, <laughs> having been married to Henry VIII in 1532, and she had a daughter, the future Queen Elizabeth I. I'm sure you know of her. I do. Um, uh, before she was beheaded in 1536. Oh, no. That's so good. <laughs> it's no good. But why is she so notorious? Does she deserve the infamy which persists to this day? After all, even to this day, the popular perception of Anne is that she was a cunning seductress and harlot whose execution Mm. is unfortunate but not wholly undeserved. Mm. But what about you? What are your thoughts on Anne Boleyn going into this? Um, Okay, so I'm no expert on Anne Boleyn, but I know that in middle school, um, they also didn't really talk a whole lot about her, but I heard the name a lot. Um, (laughs) I just know that she was beheaded. <laughs> That's really yeah, it. You know. I think she was pretty cool. Um, yeah. I don't know about the harlotry, but I, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think the extent that a lot of people know is that little rhyme, like, divorce, beheaded, died, divorce, beheaded, survived, you know? Mm. So, first wife got divorced, second wife, that third girl, and beheaded. Uh-oh. And, and then there were four more. <laughs> because Henry <laughs> I would like to get into uh, a bit more of the specifics of Anne and, and where her reputation might come from alright so as I mean you and I are more than well aware uh, Henry VIII was a little more than obsessed with having a male heir mm-hmm. um, so this did not happen during his first marriage, that, that being to Catherine of Aragon, a Spanish princess. Um, and that was a primary factor in his divorce from Catherine and marriage to Anne. Mm. Um, Henry probably thought that his whole heir issues were solved the moment he got himself a new wife. But this was not the case. Anne did give birth to a healthy baby girl much like Catherine of Aragon had, Mm. um, though this was less than a year into her marriage. Um, That healthy baby girl grew up, of course, to be Queen Elizabeth I. Yes. Yes. Yes, Queen, quite literally. Yes, Queen, period. Period. Um, But subsequently, Anne had difficulty conceiving and suffered multiple miscarriages. And at that time, it was widely believed that a a stillborn and b 
um, like malformed or um, child, infant, fetus, whatever, um, mm-hmm. was indicative of the mother being a witch. Amazing. Amazing. So then in May of that very same year, Henry had Anne imprisoned in the Tower of London, and she was beheaded by the sword uh, within the tower grounds on the 19th of May. Henry, the classy lad that he is, remarried only 11 days later. He wasted absolutely no time, not a single second. Julia, when you're questing for an heir, you can't afford to waste time. I think you can afford to waste a little bit of time. Henry disagreed, clearly. (laughs) They were, they being Henry and his third wife, Jane Seymour, were Mm -hmm. engaged within days, like within like two days. Great. And it is very likely that uh, Jane Seymour was already a mistress of Henry mm-hmm. before Anne's death. Oh, oh, go ahead. Because, Great. as we'll see, as we'll see, um, monogamy was demanded of women. Great. But not there's something Henry. to be said there. there there's this, a little something there. So that leads us nicely into uh, the charges that were laid against Anne. So so these charges that cost her her head were as follows. Adultery, incest Mm -hmm. with her own brother, and high Uh treason. For delivering a stillborn. Yes, it is very likely that that is uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, as it were. Um, did she actually do any of those? Has that ever been proven? Or It has never been proven. Um, they got confessions under torture from the men. Uh- so I think we can all agree that um, confessions under torture don't count. In in the modern day, uh, basically every historian agrees that these are complete nonsense. Mm-hmm. That these were fabricated by Henry and Anne's political rivals. Um, but her uh, like reputation still persists. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that. Not only was she charged with adultery, but that she was seen as, like, the other woman during Henry's courtship of her when he was still married to Catherine mm-hmm. Berrigan. Mm-hmm. Which I might bring attention to the fact that uh, Anne seemingly was not too much of a fan of Henry personally during this time. Mm-hmm. Um she refused to become a mistress and he, she left court for about a year Ooh. during this time she was bombarded with these like love letters from henry it really doesn't seem like anne was the seductress here but of course of course People have, throughout history, characterized that period away from court 
as like sexual blackmail and and she she's just playing hard to get <laughs> i am certain we agree um that mm-hmm. Anne's uh, characterization as a scheming seductress as with most reputations such as they are is most likely outright false <laughs> and hard not true hard not true on that one <laughs> Mm-hmm. but is most certainly incredibly reductive. Yeah, it's um, foul, you could it's say. It's foul. The, the charges laid against Anne were almost certainly just the workings of Henry and his mad quest for a male heir, mm-hmm. uh, and as well as Thomas Cromwell. Now, Cromwell was a politician, and with the sole exception of Anne Boleyn, he held the most sway over Henry. Mm-hmm. So, if he could get her out of the way, he's unequivocally got the most influence. Mm-hmm. So, so you can see how there might be some motivation there. A little bit. But, just, just a little bit. But so, so why wouldn't Henry just divorce her? Mm-hmm. Well... He probably knew that another divorce wouldn't go over well. So he did behead her. Um, To his credit, another, Mm -hmm. uh, the most common way of executing women accused of treason was burning at the stake. Uh So it was the better option. Um, but still, two evils. Really, it was um the lesser of two evils in means of execution, but execution yeah. was most certainly not the lesser evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Henry executed Anne. He actually brought over a French swordsman to do it. Um, Great. <laughs> The, the standard means of execution in England was by the axe, but but Anne got a got a swordsman. Since since we've gone over a little bit of uh, Anne's reputation mm-hmm. and what happened to her, mm-hmm. uh, let let's try and see what she was really like. Mm-hmm. So. It is unfortunate that we don't have many accounts of her personality, but there are a few things that we can glean. So, first of all, she was considered to be very regal, very poised, very dignified. Um, Even on the very day of her execution, one witness to her execution described her as never having looked so beautiful due to her composure and the sheer force of personality she had even when walking to the headsman she ate it up she ate it up she also showed up wearing like fashionable dress of the time Ooh, yes like, and yes and she was not going to be looking haggard she was she said, showing up as the queen of the nation. Um, aside from that, uh, we also know that she was a patron of the arts. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, the famous painter Hans Holbein had mm-hmm. Anne as his very first royal patron. 
Uh, she was also a humanitarian, which, mm. oh boy, am I sure you didn't know. Nope. Because even I, who have been a, an advocate of Anne for years. Mm-hmm. I, an Anne enthusiast? I am an Anne Boleyn enthusiast. And even I didn't know this before I <laughs> like really started digging a little bit deeper. But mm. only two months before her execution... She was highly involved in passing legislation known as the Poor Law, which would Mm. require local officials to find work for the unemployed. Mm. So this would be massively beneficial for the poor and and underprivileged of Tudor England. But uh, this law required the creation of a new governing council, a governing council that would rival that led by Thomas Cromwell. Mm. Cromwell you'll remember from just minutes ago, was was the man, other than Henry, uh, that pushed for Anne's imprisonment and execution. Cromwell probably felt somewhat um, threatened by this proposed council, mm-hmm. as well as Anne's influence over Henry, which mm-hmm. would give him a very political motivation for removing Anne from court in the most permanent manner. One that involves her um, without her head. Yes. Basically, all we know about Anne is that she was regal, a patron of the arts, an active political figure, and a humanitarian who sought the best for people. Mm. Even so, she's widely known to this very day as nothing but a harlot and a witch... But this is the unfortunate fate of countless powerful women throughout history who have had their accomplishments diminished and characters slandered by contemporary rivals and men in power. Mm -hmm. On that lovely, lovely note of (laughs) the slander of women's characters throughout history. Gotta love it. That's it it for me. Well... Um, if that's all, I very yeah. much enjoyed learning about Anne Boleyn and um, how she just absolutely got her life ruined. Um, yes. <laughs> by some guy named Henry. I'm going to say some guy because um, no credit that's what to the guy that killed that Anne. No credit. But, but it was a big honor to be here. Oh, thank you. It was an honor to have you. Oh my and... gosh, stop. <laughs> and just before we sign off, I'd like to give a shout out to the Encyclopedia Britannica, Historic mm. Royal Palaces, and Time Magazine for uh, much of the information contained within this episode. And if any of you listeners would like to dive a little deeper and do some research of your own, I have a full works cited sheet available, which includes links to these sources that you can use as a jumping off point. So, amazing. Amazing. So thank you all for listening, and I hope you all have a wonderful day. <laughs>